Amy, we've got a bunch of little nieces and nephews between us, but we've also got a catch-all gift that all of our siblings love for their newborns. You're totally right, and it's Pampers Swaddlers, because Pampers Swaddlers wick wetness away to keep babies drier and subsequently parents happier. Pampers Swaddlers absorb wetness better versus the leading value brand and provide up to 100% leak-proof skin protection and up to 0% skin irritation. Pampers Swaddlers are dermatologist approved by the Skin Health Alliance. They're hypoallergenic and they're free of parabens and latex. Now you can try Swaddlers with new Pampers Free and Gentle Wipes for healthy baby skin. These wipes won't tear. In fact, they grip mess, shall we say, more firmly and clean better, leaving baby skin dry, soft, and smooth. For trusted protection, trust Pampers, the number one pediatrician recommended brand. Download the Pampers Club app today and earn Pampers cash. Redeem your Pampers cash for exclusive Pampers coupon savings and rewards. Only redeemable via Pampers Club. Pampers Cash has no cash value. Hello, everyone, and welcome to What Fresh Hell? Laughing in the Face of Motherhood Plus. (laughs) Subscribers only in the door, please. I was like, should I say What Fresh Hell? Plus laughing in the face of motherhood? But that sounds like a, a sentence. No. More. It's just everything's a little bit more. Anyway, I'm Margaret. I'm Amy, and I think we should call it What Fresh Hell? More laughing about other stuff that isn't motherhood. It's a little cumbersome. We may have to workshop it, but I'll take it for now. Today, we're going to talk about our humble showbiz beginnings. We've done zero prep. I mean, I've done a little internal mental prep for this. I also lived it. I was there. Um, Yeah, you've done prep. I really get like get low. Um, I I can't wait to hear your stories because it's hard for me to believe that you still have things to teach me. But oh my God, I heard a story of Margaret's humble show biz beginnings last week that I was still like, wait, what? How is this not the first thing you ever told <laughs> How me? How is this possible? Mm-hmm. I want to start with um, my show biz beginnings before I got to Hollywood were uh, my, my, some of my first paying work as a performer. So uh, I was in this thing called like the, the industrial world, which is where you could be paid to give um, to like memorize a lot of material and kind of guide things. So I was the um, on stage host for something, a, a show based on the show Ghostwriter, which was on PBS. And I wasn't on the show Ghostwriter. It was a show where like kids solve mysteries, sort of Encyclopedia Brown, Ghost, sort of Scooby-Doo if it, if, if it was real people. And these kids. Okay, you've you've got me intrigued. I, I know somebody's I don't even like, remember this show, oh, Ghost well, Rider. we were too old for it. But definitely, some of our listeners are like, Ghost Rider. Oh my god! So, Ghost Rider was this show on PBS. The kids were kids; they're child actors, and so you couldn't expect them to like you know memorize a big speech. Uh, to to like you know say at the ribbon cutting of the Utica Mall, but I could, so I memorized like eight pages of dialogue. I'm like, and now I'm going to bring out these people, and I would sing and dance with them. Also, like we'd have a we had this with song the cast called, of Ghost with the Rider? cast of Ghost Rider, like you gotta believe and reach for the sky. It was sort of sort of like Janet oh, Jackson, my like friends. I just want to say I am hearing this story for the first time. <laughs> 
there must be footage of this somewhere. There don't probably you think? is, and and the someone go on a YouTube deep dive and see if you can find Amy Wilson singing at a mall with the coast with cast the cast of, of Ghost Rider. I mean, first person to bring that in wins free. What fresh I mean, March. It is I'm so saying it right deep. here. It did bring me. I did a performance with the cast of Ghost Rider at the World Trade Center, and I got to be on stage with Bob McGrath. You know, Bob from Sesame Street. He just died. Oh, amazing! And he so, died. yeah, like maybe that's not. So humble. I was on stage with like that's that's right, Bob. And we also have another special treat. Here they come, the cast of Ghost Right, and and we we like you know had like banter together. So that was that was extremely humble. Anyway, what was your first paying job? I was a costumed caroler at the um, Headless Horseman. So I grew up near a town called Sleepy Hollow, which is where Washington Irving was from. And so they do in the spooky season, all through Christmas, uh, events at the, the mansions that are around where Washington Irving lives. They milk it, and, you guys. If you, if you live in the New York area, you know. Like they're, yeah, it's like a spooky oh, yeah, Thanksgiving yeah, yeah. in Sleepy still, Hollow. They're still cashing checks off the back of Washington Irving all these years <laughs> later. I was a costumed caroler. Um, at Washington Irving's mansion in the uh, wintertime. Um, and let me tell you, I have often amazed people. I mean, you can do a lot of carols, and I know all the words too, including like the oldie timey, like, wassail and wassail all over the town. Da -da 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 -da, and the ale, it is brown. Like, I'm talking about oldie timey carols. Yeah, love them. So I did that. Did you for have a, while. a muff? I, did you have like a bonnet and I a had muff? A, of course I had a bonnet and a muff. What else would a costume carol yeah, wear? I mean, and there were definitely, you had to get there early. There were like four busted costumes and two really beautiful costumes. <laughs> and so like the first person to get there would get the like red velvet with the muff and that it was brand new. And then if you got there late, you were like in like the plaid, like really, you know, Mrs. Uh, well, oh my gosh, why can't I say it? Mrs. Who's the Mrs. Ingalls? You know, you just, you were not looking fancy. You were like the busted caroler if you got there late. My ghostwriter work led me to... <laughs> I mean, my ghostwriter work. You just lay that down. Like, yeah. it's a thing. Uh, led me to more work with the same company. Uh, part one was in dinosaur costumes. We did a dinosaur show. First of all, I, like, I was a warm body that could, like, memorize dialogue and sing. So I, I, they, I was always getting on planes with a dinosaur a costume. Question. Yes. Is this... <laughs> Is this work you're getting through an agency? Oh, no. This is definitively non-union, as they but say. But where are you getting it? Like the the back of back page? Like where are you booking yeah, these so jobs? There's, there used to be a newspaper called Backstage. I think it probably still exists in print backstage, form. Backstage, and, and you Yeah, yes. maybe like seeking talent to do this and you'd send your resume. Yeah, and I auditioned and... Um, you were like, I will get on Next thing I know, I'm playing. Dinosaur. Right, it was like better than temping. I'm sorry, I, I would wear this dinosaur costume and, and do like dinosaur rapping with other people. And we, had, we used Again, to have a lot of laughs. first person to find footage, people. Yeah. I'm, I'm saying... Your pick from the What Fresh Hell merch store, but so so the story that I that I definitely wanted to tell is this led to a um, several holidays career of me playing Mrs. Claus, and this again I'm like 25, oh. um, and and going to malls right and doing a show it was Mrs. Claus and Frosty the Snowman, and so my friend Garth okay. is in the Frosty costume and I'm being Mrs. Claus. No, 
But you're also with Santa. No, no, no. Well, we have nothing to do. Like, the mall has a Santa. Like, I've never met the Santa. Like, the Santa exists somewhere else. So, like, I'm in the middle of the mall with hundreds of children watching. And then at the end of our show, there's, like, a ribbon cutting and everybody can start lining up for the Santa photos. Like, it was content that was meant to augment the mall Santa. Um, But I had nothing to do with the mall (laughs) Santa. But we were a completely self-contained show. It was was Mrs. Claus and, and Frosty. Frosty's in a costume, like in a head, like you, Disney you World. rarely see that overlap. I mean, it's they're not they're not yeah. historically great friends, Mrs. Claus and Frosty. And we had no stage manager or anything. Like I'm like also the stage manager. So Frosty's on so and and, and like we press play on our cassette, right? And like oh. go. I think we had a sound person, you know, in the back, but no, nobody could that could help me, except for a Frosty the Snowman who's on stage with with a with a giant head, so can't like see me really, or you know what I mean. So what, once the show starts. I'm on stage. I'm running the show. We have to keep going. So the reason I settled that up is because, I mean, it was one of my fav- the favorite jobs I've ever had because you just have, I mean, talk about an invested audience, like hundreds of wide-eyed You're basically children, right, to, right, yeah. who would wait in line to meet me and be like, can you please give this to Santa? And like their hand would be shaking as they handed me their drawing. I loved that part. But I'm on stage and I have to sing the song, you know, basically like I'm stalling, like let's get ready for Santa. Who comes around on a special night? Santa comes around on a special night, and that song has um has all kinds of gestures, right? So I'm right. like, special Come on, kids. Night, dun, dun, right? Dun, like yeah. beard that's white, and you have to act it out. That beard that's white. So there's hundreds special of night. so picture like you know hundreds of kids sitting on the floor with like their parents in the perimeter, you know, behind them at the food court. My <laughs> my wig. And like, there's no costume crew. Like, I stuck on my wig like 30 seconds before we went on stage, right? It's like a white wig with a bun. Yeah, yeah. I've got the Mrs. Santa bun wig on. I'm on stage, and fr- the guy in from the Frosty costume is kind of behind me, just sort of like gesticulating merrily. Oh. He can help nothing. My wig starts to fall off during the oh. during the number. I can feel it creeping back and creeping back in my head. And like, this can't happen. Like, I will ruin. The magic of Christmas, Christmas for literally hundreds of children of if they see my wig fall off. So so I'm singing the song like who comes around on a special night and I have to hold on my wig with with one hand until the song ends okay. because like, you know, the, the cassette's playing and I can't leave in the middle of the song because there's a track playing with Frosty talking to me and stuff. So I, I'm holding on the wig with one hand while gesticulating special Just night three. beard. That's why looking at hundreds of children staring up at me completely mimicking what i'm doing you know holding holding one hand holding their wig, holding on. Their wig on and the other hand gesticulating while like 200 the parents adults are dying laughing at died you. laughing that is my most memorable humble showbiz beginning that's pretty bad yeah that's pretty bad <laughs> um yeah, the song ended, and I think I was like, I'll be right back. Well, Frosty was like, that's right, Mrs. Claus. I just had to like run backstage and fix it. I once got booed off the stage at the Chicago... I'm going to get it wrong. It was either the Improv or the Laugh Factory, like the big comedy club in Chicago. I was with my old comedy partner. I was doing a show at a small theater uptown in Chicago that was really good. We would improvise like 90 minutes of comedy. It was... It was a solid show. It, it, it was more theatery than comedy. It was like improv comedy. Two of us would like tell a story based on things that the audience told us, and it was very structured, and it was really, really funny, but not in a comedy club way, as we soon learned. 
Not funny, haha, but funny, tragic. Oh, hey, everybody. It's us, Blair and Molly, your old pals from Toddler Purgatory. Two moms who are also actors, who are also creative beings, who sometimes feel stuck. And this is our new podcast, Unsticking It with Blair and Molly. What happens when your creative spark just seems to disappear? Gone. Poof. Bye. See ya. What happens when life gets in the way of your creativity instead of nourishing it? That's what happened to Molly and me. We felt like the thing that drove us creatively stopped working and impending doom had in fact invented. Totally. So we decided to do something about it. And that was steal ideas about getting unstuck from the most creative people we can find. We talk to guests about how to break through the mucky, gluey, sticky wall that can get between you and your creativity. We hear about their journeys, their successes, their challenges, and even their bougie coffee shop orders. And we're not just talking Bob Ross type paint on paper artists here, though we talk to them too. We're talking to actors, creative directors, dancers, and people who are working hard to be their best creative selves in a world that can sometimes feel real uncreative. We all have something to teach each other, so let's steal their ideas together. Join us, won't you, as we deep dive into how to unstick ourselves from the life gunk that can get in the way of our creative freedom. Pandemics, school calendars, world events, lack of sleep, oh, get out of their life gunk. And let's get back to your best creative self. Subscribe to Unsticking It with Blair and Molly. You're not going to want to miss an episode. Unsticking It with Blair and Molly, because sometimes life sucks. Well, hey there, Busy Mama. Are you looking for ways to make your life easier, your home less chaotic, and at the same time, add more joy to your life? My name is Deanna Yates, and I'm the host of Wanna Be Clutter Free, a podcast all about letting go of the stuff we don't need in our lives so that we can focus on what truly matters. Don't worry, I'm not going to tell you to throw it all away or make you feel guilty about keeping something you love, no matter how many other people don't quite understand it. But I will give you practical and, more importantly, actionable advice so that you can make progress right away. And you won't just hear it from me. There are amazing guests, too. It's like having your bestie in your pocket, telling you it's okay to let go of the things that are not serving you and your family in a totally non-judgmental way. So join me over on the podcast where we can work on progress over perfection for those of us that want to be clutter-free.